can see it in the movies, in the paper, and the TV news. Somebody's army is always on the move. There's gonna be a battle. The lines have been drawn. They got guns and tanks and planes. The wells are gone dry and the water is bad and the air is acid rain. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Reports from Under the Desk. My name is Shell Wagner, and I am so glad that you came to join me today. You know, I am recording this on September 25th of 2022, as I am waiting for the sun to go down later this evening and um, begin our Yom Teruah celebration. So I wanted to just pre-record this. And I thought what I'd do is um, give a book review today. I don't normally do this, but this product, I, I ordered a book not long ago, and I am so impressed with it that I wanted to share it with you and share this resource. So I hope you enjoy this uh, whenever you watch it. And um, so let me go ahead and, and show you the book that I'm going to be sharing. So Joshua is really on my mind. Um, you know, we, we come to this end of the Torah cycle each year, and I always feel like, well, let's go on into the promised land. Let's go ahead and talk about what happens. How did they kill the giants? How did they take the land? And it almost feels like we never really get to that when we're in the tourist cycle. So this year, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to spend some time, even though we will, of course, go all the way through Sukkot and, and begin the tourist cycle again back in the beginning. Um, I'm going to spend some time really looking at Joshua and Judges and the Kings and the wars and the giants and how did they defeat the giants? <laughs> that is what is on my mind, right? So anyway, I just wanted to, um, I, I got this book of Joshua. Let me share you where I got it from. So I went to this website. It's called rockislandbooks.com. You can see it right here. And Here's where they've got all the, you know, their products, their shipping, you know, different things. So I ordered uh, this one, the Living Word in 3D. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't order that one. I ordered this one, the Hebrew Word Pictures and Numbers. It is very good. Um, I had also, yeah, see, they've got a picture of that there. Let me see. This is the one, all products. I also picked up. This one, look, they've got a lot of them. I mean, I'm really, I'm excited about a lot of the stuff they have. What I've seen, it's been, it's just been excellent so far. And so this one, Joshua, I had gotten that one. But it looks like they've got some really, really, you know, good, good resources here. Um, I've seen some of their uh, videos where they explain the audio picture. And I've been really impressed with what they've been doing because I love studying out the audio myself. And, you know, they've got on here, this witness of the stars. I have this book by um, E.W. Bullinger. I've had it for a long time. My cover looks a little different, but um, 
I have really enjoyed that book. It is an excellent book. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. And what I wanted to do today was read just the introduction out of this book, um, just to share it with you to, to let you know why I am really enjoying it. So I'm starting with the introduction. So here we go. Story time, right? It says, where would you go today to get an ancient history account of the modern nation of Israel? How would those borders then establish compare to what we see today? Under whose leadership did this nation develop? Why were these events recorded in the language we today call Hebrew? Is there a way that we can be assured that the meanings of the words used haven't changed over the last 3,000 years? And finally, what will the study of the language, especially the letters of the words themselves, tell us that would help us better understand this ancient account? Um hold on. I'm going to stop here. I want everybody to know I don't, I'm not receiving anything from Rock Island books to do this. I'm doing it because I actually like the book. Okay. So I don't know anybody over at Rock Island books. I don't know who the people are. You know, I haven't met any of them personally. Um, I just was really impressed with the product. I mean, it's just, it's beautifully done. The, the pictures it's filled with illustrations and pictures and, and just absolutely gorgeous. And I was just so impressed that I wanted to share it. Okay. So let me, okay. So let me pick back up. And finally, what will the length, what will the study of the language, especially the letters of the words themselves tell us that would help us better understand this ancient account. There are two Hebrew words used for God in this book. The first is Elohim, which is the name found for God in the first chapter of Genesis. There he can be recognized as the powerful creator. Elohim is the plural form of El, which as you study this book, you will recognize as the Aleph Lamed. In Hebrew pictographs, El is as pictured below. And so then they've got, you know, the picture right here of the pictograph, right? Um, while Elohim being plural doesn't mean that there are multiple gods, it does allow for plurality in the Godhead. In traditional Jewish thought, Elohim is both creator and judge of the universe. Elohim is found 34 times before the second name for God appears in Genesis chapter 2. And then they've got it as... Y-H-V-H. -H. And they say this is the tetragrammaton, the four letters that stand for the second Hebrew word for God. It appears in chapter two, verse four in Genesis, where we are told uh, Yahweh Elohim made the heavens and the earth. So the yud heh vav -Hey appears in most of our English translations in the Old Testament as Lord and may be derived from the Hebrew verb Hayah which means to be, become, or come to pass, or exist. Here he is found as co-creator. yud heh vav -Hey is sometimes articulated as Yahweh or Yehovah. The Jews often read yud heh vav -Hey and say Adonai, which means Lord, or say Hashem, which simply means the name. There's a mystery in this name that is referred to in Judges 13, 18, where we read, and the angel of Yudhe Vavhe said unto him, 
Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? More concerning the mystery in the name, uh, yud heh vav -Hey, will be discovered in chapter 13 of this book. The Hebrew Bible is divided into three major sections. The first five books belong in, to the section called the Torah or the Law. The next eight books are Navim or the Prophets. The last book of the Navim contains the 12 minor prophets. And finally, the last 11 books contain the Ketubim or the writings. Uh, this is where they, they get the word Tanakh, right? That's, that's the acronym, the Tanakh. The history of the establishments establishment of what we know today as the nation of Israel is found in the book of Joshua, which is the first book of the Navim or the prophets. As we investigate this incredible account, how will we know we can trust that the meanings of the words written there haven't changed over time? Did you ever wonder why Hebrew was chosen by Elohim for the language of his people? In his wisdom, he has uniquely provided a language that contains three layers of information that when combined, uh, preserve an unmistakable and certain meaning. The first layer is known as conventional Hebrew and is what we would most often think of finding in the dictionary. But the ancient Hebrew letters are also pictographs, which are a means to show a recognizable natural relationship to something familiar to the reader. And finally, Hebrew letters are also numbers. The pattern demonstrated by the way each of the numbers is used throughout the whole of Scripture establishes a meaning that also sheds light on the understanding of Hebrew words. The pictographs and the numbers are, in a sense, fixed in time for us because their meanings will not change over time. By using each of the three layers of information together and in context, a very precise and accurate picture of the true meaning emerges. Incredibly, the three layers, when taken together, invariably point to Messiah. This should come as no surprise to us, for as Yeshua said in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they, and they are they which testify of me. The word scriptures here can mean the whole of scripture, a passage of scripture, or a single word. We will find repeatedly that taken together, the letters of each word investigated through the book of Joshua will point to Messiah. And so that was the introduction. Now, I'm going to also read this uh, chapter one. It's very, very short, but just to give you the flavor of it, because um, before he starts and in going into the words, he's talking about the mystery. And I think it's really important. You know, I taught uh, not long ago uh, at Sefer Academy, a full course on the Odeote, and that is still available at sepharacademy.com. And uh, you can sign up and take the whole course. And this is really, it's, it was so fun to me getting these books now, after I taught the course, I didn't want to read what anybody else had to say about the audio before I taught my own class, because I wanted to be totally authentic and what I brought forth and the information that I brought forth in my class. But now that I finished the class, I've ordered myself some references and it was so fun to see that 
this scholar that did this book really had the same method that I taught the class because I did it the exact same way, except I added in the layer of the paleo in in between because I, what I saw was we had the pictographs and then it developed into the paleo and then it developed into the modern um, uh, script that we see now for biblical Hebrew and modern Hebrew. And so, and then I also saw the numbers and I saw the mysteries, how it was done in uh, certain areas of Psalms and Lamentations. And I go into all that in that class. However, I found it very interesting that here he's talking about the different layers and that's exactly what I saw. So I also thought this is an excellent book to begin to study in that way also. So I wanted to just read uh, chapter one, the mystery in the Hebrew Olivet. Okay, so he's got it right here. I mean, I just want to show you how pretty this book is. It, it's just done so well. Okay, so it says, Hebrews written and read right to left instead of the left to right, to which we are accustomed in the West. The majority of Hebrew root words consist of only three or four letters. The Aleph Bet consists of 22 letters, which are consonants. Now, I, I don't totally agree with that. I, I went into the verbal aspects of each letter. I went into what is the verb connotation because I see it very much as an action language. So, but I mean, I've got some differences of opinions. It doesn't mean necessarily that I'm 100% right or they're 100% right. I see it differently. And, um, and so, you know, I report, you decide on these things. That's how I like to teach. And, um, but it doesn't mean that this isn't an excellent book. It's just we kind of see that aspect a little differently. Okay, continuing on. Yes, you guessed it. Knowing how to pronounce biblical Hebrew without the vowel points that modern Hebrew contains can be tricky. And that's because they believe that that all the verbs are thrown out and, and trying to pronounce words without verbs would be very difficult. I don't believe that. I believe that there are plenty of verbs within the language. So that's what I was saying. We just have a little bit of different opinion on that. Okay. The following guide table contains the order of the 22 letters in both their ancient forms and the modern script that has evolved from them. As well, the pictures that were associated with the ancient letters are included along with the meanings that were connected to them. The pictures in these letters and their meanings haven't changed over time and are essential for us today to know precisely what the words originally meant. Note that six of the letters of the Aleph Bet have a different form when found at the end of the word, right? He's talking about the Sophit letters that the modern has added in to the language, okay? This was done in Babylon. All right. As you will notice, um, as you will notice, as you study the following chart, the modern block letters are very different from the original Hebrew letters. Those original letters are often referred to as Paleo-Hebrew, Early Hebrew, or Ancient Hebrew, not for any technical reason, but for the sake of simplicity. Those original letters, which were the language of the Garden of Eden, will be referred to as Ancient Hebrew. These ancient letters were changed into the modern Aramaic block Hebrew we recognize today during the captivity of Judah in Babylon during the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar around 500 years before the birth of 
Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Aramaic was the language of Babylon, and the change to modern block letters has obscured the meanings fixed in the original letters. The patriarchs of old would have had great difficulty regard, reading the modern Hebrew script if they could read it at all, and they would have missed all the insightful meanings embedded in the pictographs. It will be essential to our study to use the ancient Hebrew script to see and understand the mysteries found in the first language spoken on earth. Each letter in the Hebrew script is also a number. Each number has a meaning that is primarily determined by how that number is used in the specific scriptures in which it is found. By examining the whole of scripture, a pattern emerges that solidifies the meaning of each number for us. The last column in the following table contains the meaning associated with the number that the letter represents. A great book with which to start for those interested in more evidence for numbers and their meanings is number in scripture, its supernatural design and spiritual significance by E.W. Bullinger. I was looking to see if I had that one right close to me because I use that book constantly. Um, I don't have it right close, but you guys can look it up. It, 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 to me, it is an essential reference. I absolutely agree. And so then he goes on with the next um, couple of pages and gives the ancient pictograph, the meaning, the modern letter, um, a column for how it's pronounced, um, the pictograph translation, and the numeric uh, meaning what which one does it line up to so anyway I know this is just a short little reports from under the desk I pray that you guys are having a wonderful Yom Teruah I just wanted to say hello and give you a quick book review because I thought it was well worth sharing with you anyway have a wonderful day may you be blessed may you have a richly fulfilling Yom Teruah bye-bye you can see it in the movies and the paper and the TV news Somebody's army is always on the move There's gonna be a battle, the lines have been drawn They got guns and tanks and planes The wells are gone dry and the water is bad and the air is acid rain There's war after war And rumors of war from the east There's a rumbling in the ground And they're talking about the